Hello, and welcome back to the Talking Thomas podcast, your podcast for all things Thomas-related, Shiny Time Station, uh, and everything in between. I'm Orion. And I'm Tony. And today we are going to be starting our new series of commentaries, our commentaries on season two. Yes. Uh, so uh, we will be starting with Thomas Percy and Nicole, uh, otherwise known in the U.S. as Double Trouble. And uh, wherever you have this available to watch, many sources available, of course, um, we're just going to get right into it. And you can go ahead and press play now. What's interesting to me is that uh, season two starts off much the way that season one ended with an episode that was written by Studio Mandate um, in that uh, Thomas's Christmas party was uh, written at the request of Britt Allcroft and as was the entire book of more about Thomas the Tank Engine of which Thomas Percy Nicole is the first story. Right, absolutely, and and of course that's that um, that book does have a few other stories that would be um, uh, adapted as well. Um, yeah, but uh, but the overall feud between Thomas and Percy in that book goes throughout the whole book, whereas in this one, it just resolves. Um, it just resolves instantly. So, and um, it, at the, at the end of the story, and I think it would have been interesting to see if they had done a straight adaptation of the book uh, in the same way that they did with, you know, season one, where they basically just did a straight review of all of the, of most, if not all of the books. And if they had done drip tank, uh, drip tank's not a particularly exciting story in my opinion, at least, but I don't know. It would have been interesting to see how they adapted it. Yes, quite, quite interesting. And of course, uh, part of the reason uh, Christopher Audrey has said this himself, uh, using the relatively archaic and uh, and also politically incorrect term drip well, yes. um, was not uh, necessarily in vogue. And especially for, for a U.S. audience, I think it would have been completely lost, oh, uh, the significance of that. So um, I'm not sure that at the time they were necessarily thinking with America on their mind, since, since seasons one and two are still very uh, British-centric. Um, right. Of course, from season three onwards, they were made for a hybrid market, um, right. an international market completely, so that they could be you know, in Japan and, and elsewhere. But right. – um, but what's interesting here, too, is that these first three scenes are three new locations that we did not see in season one. That's technically, right. technically, Ellsbridge we did see, but throughout most of season two, it's quite interesting, is that we see the other platform of Ellsbridge. Yes. So it, it, it's, it's amazing what, the, what a difference that is to just flip the camera around um, from the standard that we saw in the first season, uh, that front shot of Ellsbridge. And then occasionally we got an overhead um, but uh, but instead it, it's completely different, and the color palette is different too. It's a it's a softly brown and yellow yes. as opposed to the brighter uh, blues and and greens of of uh, season of uh, season one, and uh, and again another new location here, the interior of the of the Farquhar sheds, uh, uh, the Farquhar sheds completely with the they were right. not in in season one, and they are very uh, prominent in season two. Yeah, uh, this whole Tidmouth Yard, Tidmouth Station set, whatever you want to call it, um, is is very, uh, very prominent in this season, um, and of course, uh, it's it's rumored and and 
partially confirmed by some uh, crew members on the show, possibly that this episode was the uh, supposedly the replacement for the episode that was canceled, the missing coach based on the uh, yeah. series stories of the same name uh, uh, story rather. And uh, that episode utilized or would have utilized uh, the Timoth station, Timoth yard set quite, uh, uh, quite prominently. So right. uh, that, uh, that is often why this, uh, this was originally speculated and then later uh, pretty much confirmed by crew members that this was the replacement episode. Um, there's yeah. still some doubt among fans, but, um, but it is pretty much, I believe for the, for the most part oh, yeah. confirmed by, by most crew members. Um, but this this episode does feel a little clunky in places. Some of the writing is a little odd. Um, right. It, it feels it, it it does feel different if you if you just look at it and and listen to it and the 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 narration and everything. It does feel different than than season uh, than season one uh, quite a bit. It just has kind of a different atmosphere to it. Oh yes. Um, than season one. But ultimately, um, you know, of course, it's still the same show that we love. But I would say that the writing in some places is a little uh, is a little off. Yes, I, I can see that. I mean, season two is really all change for the series in that it it's shot differently. As you said, there's different lighting. It's not almost a sepia tinge to it. A very slight one. But, you know, as you said, with sort of the browns and yellows and such, uh, they're more accented. Um, even though they are similar models, they look, they do look like, you know, they've been updated obviously. And as opposed to season one, where they go in order with each of the stories in the railway series order, uh, this one kind of jumps around a bit, which is interesting. It does jump around a bit there. It's kind of impacts. I mean, there's episodes kind of from this, like maybe two from this book and then two from another or something like that. Whereas, um, and then there's quite a few, there's a few books here that aren't fully adapted either. They're, they right. left out a story or two and then would do them later or not at all. So, right. and we'll get to that. Um, but of course. Um, it's an interesting start to the series. I don't think it's a super strong start, start to the series. It's not one no. of my favorite episodes by any means. Um, and I, I would probably say it's, it's, it might be one of my least favorites of okay. the second series. Um, and of course, as we just recently did for the first season, we will um, we will do a best and worst, yes. um, or rather favorite and least favorite of the uh, the second season. Whenever we are done with these commentaries, um, which will be pro- probably a little while from now. Of course, we did oh, already yes. review Thomas and the Missing Christmas Tree. Um, yeah, so we, we won't did be already reviewing do a commentary of that. Um, and we, we we won't be going over that one again. Um, so technically, we won't um, have the full uh, series to uh, to review. Just only twenty five episodes instead of twenty six. But yeah, and then you know, if after the twenty five episode, you can of course go back to the Christmas special that we did, the two part Christmas special. Because uh, in one of those parts, we did do a review of Missing Christmas Tree. So if you do, if you are one of those people that likes to have all of the episodes completed, uh, then, of course, you can go back and listen to it after you've finished all of our commentaries for season two. Right. Absolutely. Now, again, I'm not entirely sure that 
that this next episode would have been a strong start for yeah. the the season either. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 actually quite interesting if you look at this season. Um, and of course, we'll, as we go along, um, really, very this season has such uh, a small presence of Thomas in it. Um, it does. The, the vast majority of the episodes do not feature Thomas, um, or if he's he's a cameo only. Right. Um, or a line or two here or there, but really the only episodes that feature Thomas were written for the series. Uh, right. This episode here, uh, "New Friend for Thomas," was also written by Christopher Audrey. I believe it was based on an annual story. Is that correct? Uh, I believe so. It, it Thomas was and annu- Trevor. Yeah, it was an annual story first, uh, and Christopher Audrey wrote it for the annual, and then had it adapted for the series. Right, of course, and I'm sure that it was it was written in mind so that it would be adapted for the series. Well, yes, um, and then the Runaway, <clears throat> yes, the was runaway. also basically written for the series, um, and then um, the only other Thomas focused episode throughout the rest of the series are Thomas Comes to Breakfast, which of course is based on the the original Railway series story, and then. Uh, Thomas and the Missing Christmas Tree, which again was written for the season. Right. So, so really, Thomas is barely in this season. So, there's really he no is. great way to start this season because right. there's no strong Thomas episode. You can't start it with a new friend for Thomas because we haven't met Trevor yet. No. Um, and uh, you really can't start it with Thomas. Uh, Thomas comes to breakfast because we have not yet met uh, Donald and Douglas who do appear in that. Um, although you could write them out of that, but, um, and then I'm sorry, I also left out better late than never, which was also written for the season. Right. Um, and, and of course we'll get to that, but there's really no great way to start this season in terms of a, a Thomas focused episode. Um, but I would say um, the strongest episode that to open the series out of these three that we'll be covering in this episode, um, uh, Double Trouble, A Cow on the Line, and Birdie's Chase. I would say that Birdie's Chase would have been the strongest one uh, oh, to, yes. open the, to open the season for sure. Um, but we'll go ahead and, and dive into the second episode here, Cows, yes. um, and then for uh, the American release known as A Cow on the Line. And uh, you can go ahead and press play now. Now, this was one of several, and I say several, it was probably like um, maybe 16 to 20 stories that were adapted and put into softcover books with um, uh, four books per story by Random House in the U.S. And uh, this was one of the first uh, Thomas books that I owned, actually, was the softcover Random House version of a cow on the line right yeah absolutely um absolutely i um i never owned this one i own it now but i i didn't own this one as a as a child i i would often look at it at the bookstore um or uh, what have you but i i did own quite a few of the other picture back uh books um but this was not one that i that i did own and um but uh, but as as we mentioned, I, this episode, um, it's it's a good episode. Um, <coughs> I don't think, as we said, I don't. It would not have been a strong episode to no. start the to start the season. Um, and again, it's just something about this episode and the previous episode. Something about it is just slightly clunky in the way that it's uh, written or presented. Or this one certainly feels a bit more like a season one episode that than Thomas Percy and Nicole did. Right. Um, but it still just isn't 
it's just not quite there yet with the rest of the season. Uh, uh, now it's interesting because technically they, they filmed these all out of order. So yeah, um, but just in the way that it was assembled, um, it, it just doesn't feel the same as, uh, as the rest of the season. And it could be just the story. I don't think that the story itself, the actual source material is super strong. I don't think that it was um, one of, uh, one of the reverend's better stories and especially out of that book uh edward uh edward the uh the blue engine i don't think that this was the this was definitely the weakest story um when when in the same book you have old iron saved from scrap and british chase this is by far the the weakest entry now i will agree with you to a point uh it's not the best story ever um it probably is next to the other three it's probably the weakest of uh, the four stories of Red of the Blue Engine I actually quite enjoy this episode though and I know it's not great it's it's mostly for nostalgic purposes but when I was a kid this used to be one of one of my favorites it's not anymore but it used to be when I was a kid um, <laughs> and I don't know what it is maybe it's just you know uh, the I, I think it's mostly down to George Carlin's narration because I, of course, would have heard this story uh, with uh, George Carlin's narration more often than not. And I, there's just something about the way that he does some of, uh, some of the voices. Uh, well, Ringo does a great job with it as well, of course, but they both do. Uh, but I don't know. There's just something about this episode when I was a kid that I just really enjoyed. Yeah, I can see that. Um, this Crosby uh, station set for season two is quite nice. It is. Um, as well. And of course, uh, you know, it, it, it makes, uh, a, a lot of appearances in this, in this season. Um, uh, particularly in a close shave. Yes. Um, but, uh, and, and something else, uh, something else that I liked in, in season two was this, uh, this bridge as well. Um, both the overhead view of it, uh, or not the overhead view, uh, but the side view of it with the road beneath that right. was used in many episodes. And uh, something that we forgot to mention was in the beginning of uh, Thomas Percy and the Cole or Double Trouble um, and is also in Birdie's Chase and, and Wrong Road and many other ones um, showing that it's part of the branch line technically. But um, I, I always liked always liked that bridge. And um, But this feels very season one as well with the episode ending at Timnath sheds at night reviewing right. the day is something that they did a lot in the first season. So this, this definitely feels much more in that general vein. It does. And I mean, for us in the U S we never got, I mean, aside from in shining time station, but that was only for season one. Um, we never really got all of these episodes in the right order or in the order that they were aired in the UK for the most part. I mean, of course in season one, they were uh, better about that. But um, I could see this fitting on, uh, at least with, at the very end, with a season one episode, because it does have a season one feel to it, even though aesthetically it is a season two episode. It just has a season one look, at, at least for the night shot. Right, absolutely. Um, the, something that we didn't mention either is that uh, what makes absolutely no sense is that Henry backs away from the, uh, from the cow smiling. Um, right, which is just a, an odd mistake that I don't know why they didn't change the face um, for that particular scene, but it just doesn't really make any sense. Um, no, it doesn't. No. 
I guess part of my issue with that episode is that it feels rather static in the middle part of the episode, whereas there's just a whole right. scene of a staged kind of strangely on the bridge um, with nothing really happening. Whereas, you know, these other episodes that are coming up, there's a lot more movement. There's a lot more oh, sex. Yeah. There's um, there's a lot more going on. And right. and again, in that way, it feels like a season one episode. It, it's quite tranquil and nothing really happens. <laughs> um, I, so I, I can see that um, in, in I, that sense. Yeah, that does make sense. I think, uh, as I said for myself, it's mostly just for nostalgic purposes that I liked it because for some reason I really loved that episode when I was a kid. And I think it's got something to do with the fact that I, I like animals quite a bit and, uh, cows. I, I don't, know if i had any particular affinity for cows when i was a child but i assume that i must have because well like i said it it was a favorite of mine it's not anymore but um it's an episode that i look back fondly on i i of course can admit that it's not a great episode uh but it is you know something that i have uh, a place in my heart for yeah I, i understand that um i i don't have a nostalgia for it i guess because it was on um I believe it was on Tavis Comes to Breakfast. Right. Uh, the, which was a later kind of reworking of the Better Late Than Never tape with some yes. other episodes because Thomas Comes to Breakfast was originally on Tenders and Turntables. Right. Um, but I don't really have a, a particular nostalgia for that episode. Really, uh, I was mostly only familiar with the title because of the book. Um, oh, yeah. I, I never really remembered watching that episode particularly. Um but uh, but this next episode, Birdie's Chase, I do have a lot of nostalgia for because I used to watch the uh, James Goes Buzz Buzz tape uh, very often, yes. and uh, and this was on there. And this is has always been one of one of my favorites. Uh, there's just something about this episode that I that I particularly enjoy, and uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and explore that. Uh, so uh, you can go ahead and uh, press play now on Birdie's Chase. I, I also love this episode. It is, uh, of these three, as, as we said earlier, it is probably the strongest of these three. Um, and, and one of, you know, in a book that, we're talking about the Railway Series book, of course, in a book that has Old Iron and Saved from Scrap, Birdie's Chase was also a fantastic story. And it's, it's so hard to pick between the three, uh, which is my favorite of the from the book, I should say. But um... right, I I would say that from from the book, um, it's harder to pick uh, which one's better. Although I would probably lean more towards this episode or this story from the book. Right. But I would say for the series, uh, for yes. the TV series, we'll get to the, the episode that I would say is, is better in our next uh, commentary episode. I, I'm pretty sure I know the one. And uh, yeah, I, I have to agree with that. Um, but this is still uh, a great episode. And oh, I, yes. I love, I, I love, I really love the character of Birdie. And I yes. like, I like anything involving Birdie. And I like this dynamic between him and Edward. It's an interesting right. dynamic, never really explored again. Um, uh, and it just, it just works for me. And it's nice to hear Birdie's theme again um, from, from the first season. Yes. Um, and uh, we get a, a lot of nice shots of, of the roadway here. Um, and again, in the nice season two aesthetic, um, 
and I believe they're uh, and you know here's some stock footage from season one right. as well. Um, and you could even see the change. You could see the the brighter the brighter hues, the the brighter blue, um, the brighter green, and then especially in that cloud, uh, or, you know the the sky back. Oh yeah, you could yeah. see in the season one clip it's this bright blue, and then in this it's this muted uh, blue. It's just quite quite interesting the the aesthetic yeah. change. I'm not sure how conscious that was. It just might have just happened that way. Um, and particularly for this episode, George Carlin's narration is one of his best season two yes. narrations. It really makes best use of his calm, his calm season two narr- uh, narrator voice. For some reason in season two, he had this very calm voice that he did not possess in when he was doing his narrations of season one, although I'm sure he just did them all at the same time. But oh yes, I'm sure. Um, but it, I and I always like this little exchange with the with the driver and the uh, birdie driver and, and everything like that, um, and the passengers. Yeah, it's just a great. Uh, and this is I, I like this set here too. Um, with uh, this is uh, Lower Suttery, I believe, or just yes. Suttery. Um, uh, yes. But this is a nice a nice use of that set. And again, here's that bridge that we were referring to um, previously, and and I, a nice uh, a nice interaction between the bridge and the the road below, which we would see more of in season three, specifically oh, yes. with the with the road rail canal, you know, another rail below, right? Uh, bridges. We got a lot more of that that type of interaction, whereas we didn't see much of that in season one. Pretty much all of that interaction was just parallel, right, right next to the the railway um i I also particularly uh, going back to george tarlin's narration for a minute i really liked the way that he did the song at the very beginning and of course you know ringo's was good as well but i grew up with the george tarlin narration as i'm sure you did um and i i just think george tarlin does really well with the little song that edward's driver sings at the beginning right absolutely and i used to sing that song um (laughs) a lot uh it's just it's just a nice little a nice little song. Um, yeah, I still sing it sometimes to myself. Nice. Um, and I always like this this ep- uh, this set as well. Um, right. I guess this is considered. Is this considered Toriak? I would the think TV so. Series Toriak or Hackenbeck? I guess Hackenbeck is the tunnel, so this right. would be Toriak. Which I mean, I guess it's, it's never officially named, but I believe that that's what we consider it. Um, I would think so. And then this, of course, is recycled in Better Late Than Ever. Yeah. Uh, so this this little exchange between uh, Bertie and Thomas at the end, right? But uh, yeah, on the whole, this was an excellent episode. I really, really enjoy, um, really enjoyed Bertie's chase. Absolutely, I, I just I like any episode involving Bertie. I mean, I should say from the classic series. I should right. specify, right? Um, but uh, but I, I really enjoy any episode involving Birdie, even ones that nece- that aren't necessarily as good. Other than that aspect, um, so sure. uh, these these aren't necessarily examples of that. But episodes like Thomas gets bumped and trust Thomas and, and things like that, right. I really enjoy. And they also feature Birdie, of course. So, of course. Um, but I, I just love Birdie as a character, and and I love any time that that he gets a, a little bit to do and it was nice nice even for the reverend w audrey to to have birdie in another story other than just his his one um race with thomas so uh it's a nice 
nice to continue to kind of expand the the other transportation aspects of the island. It is. It is. And and I have to agree, Birdie is a fun character. He's uh he, he does bring an interesting he's just a very good character and uh, it is interesting to see of course the roadways of of Sodor and and yeah. Uh I, I do think any episode, at least of the Planted series, uh with him is is fantastic. Um and of course, I particularly love hearing Birdie's theme, as as we do in his two major appearances in, uh, you know, his two main episodes in seasons one and two. Right. So. Yes. So that's uh, though that's those three episodes: uh, Double Trouble, Cow on the Line, Birdie's Chase. Yeah, absolutely. A great great start to this second season um uh you know that I, I would say double trouble and a cow on the line as we said not season but uh but british chase i think really kicks it off yes um into high gear and for the rest of the season um it's it's a very good season yes um i think we will we'll, we'll touch on this later but yeah uh, ultimately i think slightly overrated um <laughs> As, as a whole, I think that there are quite a few very weak spots uh, throughout the season. Um, and, there are. Uh, and we'll, we'll get to those. I don't, I don't necessarily think that the, uh, any of the episodes that we covered in this, in this particular uh, commentary set are among that crowd. Right. Um, I would say Double Trouble gets the closest to that crowd. But, yeah. um, but we'll get to some of those other uh, clunkers. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, absolutely. So uh, uh, we hope that you enjoyed these commentaries. We're we're yeah. looking forward immensely to going through the rest of season two and beyond, oh, yes. of course. Um, but yeah, nice to sink our teeth into uh, some new uh, some new material, some some new episodes other than season one. Right. And uh, so uh, that's it from us today. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Twitter uh, at Talking Thomas One, and. Uh, you can also listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and our home at Anchor. Yes. Uh, thank you very much for listening once again, and we hope that you've enjoyed the first of our Season 2 commentaries. And we'll be back uh, with uh, some more fun stuff. Uh, uh, we're, of course, on the Season 2 commentaries. We have uh, several Shining Time Station episodes that we're going to be doing in the hopefully near future and we also uh, might be doing tuds at some point soon as well. So that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, I, I know that at some point this year, we're also hoping to do uh, reviews or discussions about the Railway Series Blitz. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff to look forward to this year from us. Uh, but that, of course, is the end of this episode. Uh, so goodbye for now. <laughs>